are live back again here at the Fields of Cupid rehearsal number six. Number six. And six this weeks is in. yeah, six weeks in. If you're confused, I'm Danny. And I'm Fiona. And oh, what what's my subscriber threat this week? You're <laughs> uh, getting too good at this. <laughs> am I? I feel like I'm losing wind as this series goes on of things to think about. What can I say? Oh, um, all of your dance shoes will have holes in them. If you don't subscribe right now, <laughs> every single one of your your ballet tights, your ballet... Well, not, well, actually, I think I'm going a bit too far aiming for yeah, the tights. They're going to have holes rough. in them regardless. That is rough. Your, your ballet shoes, your jazz shoes, everything, everything. Even your socks, when you go to contemporary, they're going to have holes in them. I don't care. I don't care. And it's going to be like one of, those, <laughs> one of those holes in your socks that just goes around one toe. So it's just like grim and it's cutting off your circulation so vom yeah yes make sure you subscribe or you follow us if you're listening to us on spotify and that is my threats done for today so (laughs) welcome back hi everyone (laughs) oh bless so as you can see me and fiona look like we've been through the ringer this morning yeah so we've um had our class in the morning this morning so we've done our contemporary class and then three hours of fun fun choreo no i'm i'm I, I love it. I yeah. do adore it. The drama. Literally the end where you're obviously going to have to buy your Fields of Cupid tickets to come and see the real experience of what we're talking MK about. Dance Theatre website. www.mkdancetheatre.com Absolutely. And you'll find that link in the description below. Yeah. And if you're on Spotify, then you have to come over to YouTube to find that description or just follow the link that Fiona just said. So... Yeah, it's like the drama of like all of the popping and the and the, yeah. and like the twitching and the feeling like the puppet master is in control. It was so much fun. Like the improv exercise we did this morning, so bizarre. We had like a sheet of paper and yeah. we had to like follow the paper that someone else was holding and like whenever they scrunched it up or threw it, we had to dive and roll. <laughs> I was I was I feel so bad for Amy because I was, bless her heart, I was partnered with Amy and I was just going, scrunch, throw, scrunch, throw, toss the sheet of paper. Bless her heart. poor gal, you're so (laughs) distracted. I can't help it. I just have a lot of energy. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed that interpretation. I won't lie. It helped. Um, I know it sounds wild, but it it did help (laughs) earlier, later on uh, when we did improv by ourselves to think, hmm. What could this sheet of paper do? It could fold this corner. I haven't rolled yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't scrumpled yet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when we were variety. Tra- <laughs> when we were trying this improv exercise out in the morning with the development group, but bless one of the development group put their hand up and went, "Can we rip the paper?" <laughs> and everyone was like, "Well, people don't rip in half." Let's, <laughs> let's try to keep whole. Like, it, it was like if, if they do accidentally, then I was like. Oh, bless. It was really cute. injury. No. Poor gal. (laughs) No ripping of thighs or anything. We do not need injuries (laughs) at this point in the process at all. It's always a massive stress. Especially people... Well, seeing as in this show, no one is... Unlike previous MKDT shows, no one is really double cast. No. So we really need everyone that are listening, please just stay healthy. (laughs) (laughs) We cannot have Congrats you going yourselves. out. We cannot have you going out on the last week. Go. It feels like Pandora vibes. Do you remember back in Pandora when we were banking on like Jess not getting COVID? Because that if was she did, <laughs> that would have just we been have... the show gone. No one else. <laughs> um, no one else double casted that. So we were just stressing. We were stressing. Yeah. So obviously, 
Um, we have a few elements where, sure, people throw themselves on the floor. <laughs> Choreography. But um, in a way, hopefully, that is safe enough. And yeah. <laughs> comfortable enough for them to not, uh, for it to not affect them weeks down the line. <laughs> this is the thing. Maybe when they're like 70, it will affect them, but not right now. <laughs> Because sometimes I do feel... Because now that, obviously, I'm becoming, like, the OAP of MKDT, I've not been just, It's not just you, I promise you. <laughs> I am absolutely <laughs> within there, that league. Like, there are some things now that I would ask us to do, or just ask us to do, and, like, I just see the younger people just get down so easily, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore, I'm getting old. But I'm okay. No, I'm, by the end, we can. We, we, yeah. we push through it, like, we totally do it. Whether I always <laughs> like it or not, um... <laughs> We will be doing the flips. We will be doing... Yeah. And we will be throwing ourselves on our knees. However, (laughs) I just hope that when I'm older, I'm going to be such a cool old person. And I never... I don't ever... Because a bit of Danielle law here, right? So my my brother and my mum used to work in, like, old people homes and did a lot of palliative care. So it was, like, dementia and end of life. And so so a bit of a severe job. But... What my mum said, there was a really funny story about how, obviously, if you have, when you, you assume that when you get older, you get a little bit less mobile and, mm. you know, mm. but she said that, that she used to have one old lady that used to be able to just do yoga. And then she said, like, the, oh. the, like the, the contrast between people, I want to be the yoga lady. I want to be like... The legs in knots, you know. No, <laughs> I want to be, stretch. I want to be 90 and still be able to, like confidently at least do a plie confidently lunge confidently lunge (laughs) without falling out of it and then breaking something yeah it would would be pleasant yeah (laughs) i'm training my oap body now so that when i'm older i don't have a nasty fall and i'll be able to keep myself rearing and moving i never want to be like the sort of person that hits a certain age and goes Oh, I'm 50 now, I can just do what I like. And then they're just like, I can't be bothered with no, it anymore. Mate, keep walking. I want to do it. Keep I wanna going. Keep healthy, guys. That's the message of that. <laughs> but also, today isn't just an, any normal into MKDT episode. Yeah. As we mentioned previously back at episode one of Into MKDT, that the traditional style of this podcast, where we would focus strictly on the show that we were doing, wasn't just fading away completely. We would make a return and thus... Today is the day we come into the special episode of MK, Into MKDT, which is, drumroll please, Fiona, that is a rubbish drumroll, oh, <laughs> Into Love! <laughs> Obviously, it's about the god of love, so we have to call it Into Love, otherwise none of it would make sense. I can't really call it Into the Fields, because then it would just sound like a rip-off Gardener's World. Yeah, why are you looking <laughs> in the fields with the lambs? It's not, it's not giving. Yeah, it's very Eastery. Yeah, it's certainly Easter rather than fields of Cupid, which Owen would not be happy with. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but anyway, with today's episode, we're going to have a very big mishmash of mm. getting into the minds of the creatives of Fields of Cupid, because obviously, the Fields of Cupid as a show has never been done before. It is an original piece. Um, the storyline has been completely crafted by our lovely company director Owen Lane yeah. and um, we have obviously a big massive creative team behind it so it's going to be like a mega mash of all the minds that come together to actually put the production on stage yeah. and the media crew are just here to you know vibe and chill you know we'll, we'll set the scene for you from a cast perspective as well I guess they bring the info we bring the saz saz snaz 
I can't speak today. Sass? Sass? Pizzazz? Pizzazz? That was like a... (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I also bring the inability to pronounce myself. Pronounce? Oh my gosh! Help me! (laughs) That's moving on! (laughs) So, today we'll be focusing around... (laughs) It's just been such a hard rehearsal. I can't... (laughs) I think I've suspended myself on too many times over my head and now I just can't piece my language together. your brain is just scrambled. (laughs) (laughs) That is it. My brain has just cancelled itself out. But what we will be doing today in this episode is we're going to be talking to Owen Lane. Um, Obviously, the costume and the stage production um, team under Olivia Beckett. And we'll also be talking to Jessio, obviously getting in behind the scenes of the contemporary side of the choreography. Um, But obviously, Owen sits on both sides of the choreography, so he's going to have an awful lot to say. I do apologise in advance if this is a two-hour episode. It's such a vibe. It is a vibe. Because obviously... Whilst me and Fiona, or Fiona and I, if you want to be grammatically correct about the whole thing, are are dancing in the production, we're only getting tidbits. We've been quite, I think I've been quite, you know, loyal to the human side. I haven't watched any of the Angels choreography, strictly. Um, I haven't been, like, nose, like, searching into any of the extra lore, any of the details. Because sometimes, especially with productions like these, it very much gives me the essence of Pandora, where um, every week Owen comes in and says, right, we're adding something else. And it's just like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But it always turns out all right. Oh, yeah. Flashback to scene zero. (laughs) Speaking of rehearsal processes, (laughs) extra bits and bobs, new scenes that we're working on. Yeah. yeah, Fields of Cupid into love. So Here we are. What what is our understanding of Fields of Cupid so far? Oh, okay. Right. This is the thing. Um, as a cast, we're kind of in at the moment. We're divided into sections of humans and angels. So they are like the bigger categories of our characters, I guess, mm. of the people we play. Uh, next week. We will be merging for Super Saturday. For the first time. I am so excited. Yes. <laughs> Humans and Angels will be both in. We'll be able to link some of our scenes together. Yeah. Um, so that should be great. Absolutely. I'm really excited because I know, because we've already had Olivia M asking us about what it's like to have the Humans choreography. And I think it'll be really interesting for people to see each other's sides and how different mm. the dynamics are. And ultimately, how genuinely quite different the technical aspects of the work has massive contrast. Honestly, I, I I was I I I was sat with the development group one week, and we did watch a bit of the Angels just to do a creative piece, Mm. and just the difference in. The usage of floor. <laughs> yeah, you can put it lightly that way if you wish. I'm just saying. We, we, we become very friendly. We're floor as huggers. Cast, with the, as a human's cast yeah. with the floor. And our big man Hoffesh coming in a lot with the. Yes. Hoffesh <laughs> contemporary styling. Weaved in and out. That was my favourite part of today is. Obviously, we I was introduced to the bit of the Hoffesh stuff prior to Fields of Cupid because um, we do I do classes with Owen outside of MKDT mm-hmm. and 
with the contemporary I was like oh yeah I'm really excited to get into Hoffesh with MKDT and learning the Hoffesh stuff and then all of a sudden Hoffesh had emotions people like like, this is happy Hoffesh this is sad Hoffesh this is is confused Hoffesh it's a way of keeping ourselves entertained Um, (laughs) drawing all emotions that we feel throughout the whole thing into one little one little Hoffesh motion (laughs) but it's been it's really interesting i think choreographically and story wise obviously we're going to get into it a lot with owen mm-hmm. um very very detailed very yes. very tough very very tough i think personally for me it's definitely if i had to put two shows like if i had to say what show pushed me um performance wise and what show pushed me technically wise i would say that um performance wise i'd say carabos because it was definitely something different Incredible. for me um, it was evil, but not fire and brimstone evil. And then you had, and, and I would definitely say Fields of Cupid has been the show so far. And we're only six weeks in, so I can't wait to see how much torture my body's going to go through. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say that like Pandora was definitely a stamp for me, like technically and performance wise, because mm. um, I'm less comfortable in a ballet or classical style than I am contemporary however so that was that was something that really pushed me however this this like part of contemporary this corner Mm. is something that I really have not got enough into and I am really yeah (laughs) really investing in it now I'm really enjoying it I'm surprised how much I can do because I was going into this and when obviously it was made aware that the humans were very contemporary based, I knew that that meant that backwards roles were coming. Um, I was, I was petrified if I'm quite honest. And, um, now I have to do, I'm doing backwards roles, forwards roles. I'm doing, by the way, a forwards role, such a sleigh, love a good forwards role. Anyway, I think we just bin the backwards rolls, make them all forwards rolls, and it'll be great. <laughs> it would save my neck a lot. But um, it was really, I was, yeah, I was genuinely quite surprised at how I was able to access the stuff that we were doing. Because mm. I thought it was going to be a real, real, real struggle. And I'm not saying that some of it still isn't, because Cause... floor work has never been my forte. But the way that Jess and Owen have put it across to me, like, I can't actually thank them enough because it's made them it's made me a lot more confident to be able to like if I said to myself pre-back injury oh you'll be able to suspend on your hands essentially you can cartwheel you can do all of these sorts of cool floor tricks I'd be like you're having me on <laughs> like where, where's the cameras this like you're trying to trick me a liar you're, you're a liar shut it yappa, yappa, yappa. like it was I, but yeah it's been it's been genuinely very 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 cool i've i've mm. well obviously we're only well I, I keep saying we're only six weeks in but we've only got not got that we've not got that long on the other side at all no um first weekend of june so it's moving fast (laughs) this is the thing we have covered from my knowledge i don't know where like how the angels are getting on and i i feel they're picking up quite quickly but we have we have covered quite a good chunk of the storyline thus far i mean there's a lot to piece together here we only have one group section left 
Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So we've actually done all of our content, mm. bar one group section, mm. which we've already started creating anyway. Yeah. So actually, I feel like, I don't know the angel side, maybe we will get a bit more info on that on from Owen and Jess. Mm. <laughs> but I think, you know, good job, humans. You're, we're doing good. I think we're doing good. Yeah. Hopefully we're doing good. Are we, are we doing good, Owen? Are we do- <laughs> We will soon find out. Um, <laughs> we will soon find out when I get a text going, um, no. <laughs> like, there's so many things I'm genuinely really excited for for this production. I think it is quite simple in its construction. You know, it's very, very... And I think it what it's really lovely, and it really reminds me of the original Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yes. It's very stripped back. Mm-hmm. Say Fields of Cupid is very raw. Yes. It's very raw. And and that's what I'm really excited to get back into. I don't think we've done something like this since R&J, the original R&J. Um, I would say that our latest R&J was very, a little bit more lavish than the original. It was. Um, Bless. Yeah, Aww. it was great. It was great. It was very different. And that's why I think Aww. they are their own productions in their own right. But yeah, that's what I'm really excited for is just to really really embrace the rawness of this and really have fun with just understanding that every single it's not just emotion in the face it's it's everywhere like mm. your your body is bleeding <laughs> you need to like <laughs> sorry that's <laughs> that was really traumatic <laughs> yeah it was a little dramatic sorry <laughs> the music and the choreography oh. really promotes the the drama the intensity of yeah. the storyline written so well by yeah. director owen lane like it's i just the music this time like i can't i can't get over how many bangers we've got on the track it's oh, <laughs> it's genuinely yeah. there have been times we've, we've been practicing certain pieces of music and everyone's like this is your actual music and i'm like yes <laughs> your reaction yes. today <laughs> that when the music was playing and fiona was like oh this is really nice and, fiona, really and, like owen, this. and owen was like it's your music and fiona went just seeing like a candle light up it was just brilliant i just saw you from across the room and you were like gagged <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yes there's been a lot of screaming on this episode <laughs> but that's how excited we are we're just very very enthusiastic i think it's a very it's an interesting production and i feel like people mm. will miss out if they don't see it raw on stage because yeah, now or never, really. Genuinely, um, nobody. You can go nowhere else to get this storyline, this choreography. It is only here. It's exclusive to MKDT. Yeah. Like, I just, it's, it's, I mean, it's a very, 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 very promising production. Mm. So I think it's now time that we yeah. bring on our guests because we can sit here and waffle all day about how much we love it. Yeah. But I think we go to the real experts of the Let's fields get of to Cupid. The roots here. The minds behind the fields of Cupid. So now we're going to get back to Owen Lane, our company director, the yeah. man behind the myth, if you so will. It is time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. So let's head on over to Owen Lane. So we are here with the wonderful company director that is Owen Lane. How are you feeling, Owen? Obviously, it's been a long time. I say a long time. We've had you on the podcast last season, but welcome back. I was going to say it hasn't been that long. It's lovely to be back, guys. (laughs) All good. Everything is okay. Everything's happening at breakneck speed at the moment. So just trying to keep up with everything, to be honest. But we're doing all right. We're doing okay, I think. 
So obviously this is the special episode of um, the podcast, Into Love, getting all things into Fields of Cupid. And of course, we couldn't do a Fields of Cupid episode without the person where it came from, <laughs> because it's uh, an original piece. So, of course, I couldn't start this conversation without saying, what what was the inspiration? Where did Fields of Cupid come from? What was this brain baby and how did it suddenly arrive? <laughs> um, that brain baby is quite a good way to describe it, really. Um, the, I mean, to be honest, it's been quite a long changeable creative process really for this one um unlike the last original which would have been pandora it's it's not a story it's not really it is but it isn't if that makes any sense at all <laughs> um it came from a painting as a, the original idea as opposed to a, a scripture or a book mm. or a, anything like that so it was oh gosh when was that maybe 2021 i think when i went to the vna in london just as a just as a mm. visitor, not really looking for any inspiration as such, just there to to look around, as you do. And <laughs> yeah, I saw this wonderful painting. Yeah, it's uh, called Cupid's Hunting Fields, um, the original painting, and it was just such a different take on Cupid and who he is and what he means, and that as opposed to you know we all know the cherub baby nappy arrows <laughs> Valentine's Day all that all that garbage um and then <laughs> not cynical at all um and then this painting depicts him blindfolded so almost stripped of his choice of who he's shooting with these arrows and um no, not in a baby form it's a grown uh male form um i just thought it was really interesting it's a such a it's a twist on what everyone thinks they know so mm -hmm. it kind of was birthed there and then it kind of other things were going on. I think we were still doing Pandora when I first saw this painting. Wow. That's how long ago it is. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was kind of like put in this brain, took a picture of it and and kind of stored it away for future reference. And then just I've kind of just gathered bit by bit over the kind of two years in between when I saw it and when we have started to go with this process. And I just went down a, a rabbit hole really with with cupid and his the historical side of cupid and what's led him to the one the thing we know now see all the way back to the ancient greek stories of eros um which is where it comes from and yeah mm. just really like deep dive into the history behind it and all the different stories over time over gradually i've been doing that and then i've just kind of woven together my take on it or my what I felt was relative relevant sorry to the to to what we want to do and what would be expressive of what the world is maybe now as well so yeah long kind of twisting and turning pathway for this one but <laughs> no, it's been it's been very enjoyable and it's very nice to see it kind of coming to fruition now on the dancers and seeing them slowly embody these characters that have been in my head for a couple of years and um yeah, yes, mm. it's it's really lovely to see, but long long process. But hopefully, it'll hit all the right notes. You know me; I like to make an audience member cry if at all possible. <laughs> um, I like the emotion, mm. um, and it's certainly going to be emotional. So, so yeah, should all be should yeah. all be good. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So, Fields of Cupid is quite a different production structure wise, and in the way that you've gone about choreographing. So does this feel right for the company now so due to like its growth in the last few years does this this feel good dynamic wise for the cast 
Yeah, I mean, every production we do, you know, I will sit here or sit and talk to whoever and say, you know, I know what's coming. Because I do. Mm. I know what's coming right the way <laughs> yeah. through to the end of 2025, 2026. So I know what the plans are in terms of this is what approximately I'd like to do. I'd like to have this production and then I want to bring this one back. And then, but the reality is that until you see who's around at that time, who's involved, what type of dancers you've got, you can't pinpoint yourself to one. But just because without the right dancers, you can't produce what you want you know I can do everything I want as a choreographer as a creative to make something but if I don't have the correct cast not fair on myself um because I won't end up in the place I want it's not fair on the dancers because I'm giving them the wrong things to suit themselves it's something we've always done um we've always prided ourselves on making pieces and things that make whoever we have to work with you know great at what they do you know take right the way back David in the first production you know he rocks up not knowing anything you know, but he still went on stage as Romeo. So we found ways and that's what we always try and do. So when it came to this, I made the decision we were going to do this only in about October, I think. Mm. And I just had this story, like I said before, in the back of my head. And I felt the way it was structured would just suit suit what we were doing. And there were other external factors as well. You know, it came to light in kind of December that we had a few dancers that were umming and ahhing, can I, can't I, should I commit, shouldn't I, I've got GCSEs, A-levels, etc. And I felt that this production was within it, able to house all those people, so they were still able to commit to something and feel like it's fulfilling, hopefully, to them without impacting mm. their GCSEs. So it's a, it's a, whenever I pick which piece is going to come next, it's always done under review and um, lots of thought goes into that that process but certainly I, I the reason we're doing this one now is because I felt like I had the right dancers to tell the story both from the top of the cast all the way through to our to our youngest members so two lovely lovely groups of dancers for separate reasons you know they're doing different styles but I think it's I think it will hopefully certainly translate when we hit the stage that everyone looks solid and comfortable and happy within what they're doing you know the just the mm. step basis um but yeah that's kind of why it was decided that we do this this one now really and it's interesting obviously you bring up the point that it's two different choreographic styles going on with the cast you've got it split down the middle with the contemporary and the neoclassical so kind of delving into the choreographic side of the piece what are you excited about seeing on stage when it comes to this choreography hmm. <laughs> i'm excited about a few things for this one i've got a, a... I mean, you guys will know because you, you're in rehearsals, don't want to spoil the fun. Um, but you do know what, what we've been doing. So it's, um, it has, I'm, I've tried a lot of new things that I haven't placed into performances before, mm. um, choreographically. With uh, Angels, for example, yeah, neoclassical is my comfort zone, perhaps, stylistically. Um, mm. It doesn't mean that it's been comfortable for them. <laughs> it's comfortable <laughs> for me. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, it neoclassical by definition pushes the boundaries of of what's possible within their classical techniques and their and their abilities to push themselves technically and and physically as well. You know how how far they can stretch, which is great. But you know, equally, I've toyed with a lot of things that I haven't done before, like big kind of corner ballet structures where the corps de ballet frame the soloist in that moment or anything like that there's I've not not really done that before you know we've had we've had group sections of course we have but I've never kind of played with 
with framing. And the reason I'm doing that is all the way back to the painting because I wanted mm. to frame the picture effectively. I wanted to keep referencing that. So that's why, for example, the humans around the edges at the start, because they frame the story. Um, mm. It The whole, I hope that will <laughs> slowly become evident, but it's one of those little <laughs> choreographic things. Everything is, everything in this piece is framed. It all works around a picture base. It's got that hark back to to the art side of it and where it where the original idea comes from even if the story's mm. kind of diverted away a little bit from that it's a mold so that's why we're doing that with them and then with the humans it's been very um it's been it's it's i openly admit it's out of my comfort zone contemporary choreography it's not the area that i have specialized in or i've got loads and loads of history and background i've done it of course i have i've done i've performed it and i've studied it but it's not necessarily my number one choice. And that's where Jess comes in as well. She supports my abilities to do that. And it's been a really good learning curve for me as much as hopefully the dancers. And, you know, you guys will know again, hopefully not to kind of ruin any continuity. I don't know what the continuity is on these podcasts. Um, but um, last week rehearsal, you saw the humans who anyone who thought this was going to be a fun, contemporary, easy ride. Well, I hope that was slapped out of your heads last weekend. <laughs> and I chucked that phrase. And, and the, the reality is the humans still don't know all of what they're doing. You know, there's another scene before right. that and there's a scene after that. And it will continue to stretch their ability. So I'm very excited to see the duality of the styles. Mm. I'm hoping that through my 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 personal choreographic style, they will kind of there will be continuity and there'll be mergers uh, within that. Yeah, it'll be very exciting. I'm hoping they'll complement each other nicely but, and lots of exciting things to, to see, new things to see on stage. So maybe some of our previous MKDT audience members, it, it won't be the same. It will be something that, that they'll recognise as being new rather than rather than something that's re- being repeated. And that's what's really exciting because it comes off the back of a of a adaptation of our of an original work that we did. So it's like a yeah. it's gone from being mm-hmm. something that's half new because Romeo was half new we'd we'd had a production and then we added to it and tweaked it and now this is this new entity in name as much as anything you know no one knows it it's not like when people see Sleeping Beauty on a big poster or pizza pan and they go I know the story so hopefully it'll be a really new and exciting thing and the styles will hopefully complement everything that we're trying to achieve within it. So one of the major themes within the piece that keeps being revisited is the different relationship dynamics that are created how have you worked with the cast and the choreography to help portray that and has it been challenging um it's been very challenging there there are different challenges within that because yes the piece is eros cupid it's love uh relationship anything that kind of centers in around that area of human nature and mankind some of them are quite easy to portray in terms of we're using a what i call a, a bare bones structure story um so Mm. whilst it is a narrative there is a story to be told the piece is not a narrative ballet or piece of work it's the story is just a a kind of vehicle to drive the everything else that's going on and, and i'm much more interested in the outwardly things the things that happen away from the spine of that story i'm not gonna say there's no challenge there's there's a lesser challenge to portray how Eros Cupid feels about Psyche or 
towards the end, obviously, how that relationship reverses because it's narrative, because it's it's in the acting and it's in the very fabric of what they do. Wherein, yeah. when we're trying to show and indicate the relationships within the humans and the, their sections and maybe the the relationship angels have with each other and as a group, you know, the angels, it is a lot about their relationships are as a group. You know, another good thing about using that togetherness, that corps de ballet creative is it, it's all about them being connected in which in essence is their relationship mm. um, to being kind of one un, united being almost wherein there's with the humans it's much more about showing how a couple or a trio or a twisted trio as you guys all know or a twisted <laughs> quad however we want to do what the intricacies are in there because and because that's more subconscious or it's it's meant to be more kind of underneath it all yeah that's that's a, it's a challenge to show and we haven't really yet we're, we're setting groundwork at the moment we haven't really exceeded or expressed how that's going to be layered on top so um there's lots of kind of humans we'll we'll be doing this this coming weekend spoiler alert um hey. <laughs> if they hear it before. um we'll be doing a lot of um work on our facial expression and our facial work because the humans can't just be like this you know they can't just be pan so that's not it's not a visual medium that's not going <laughs> to translate can't just have like a pan <laughs> expression or a smile or a or a sad look or an angry look they have to be extreme you know i i need i watched i went to see um english national ballet's creature two weeks ago now which is a really interesting piece and the main obviously creature the main character is called the creature and yes the movement was amazing the style the way he did it all great but it was this extremity or like tortured nature through his facial expressions that really kind of tipped it over so we're going to do a lot of playing with that shortly um people might start to look a little <laughs> bit grotesque and warped deranged, and twisted and deranged yeah <laughs> but that that's going to be hopefully an added layer to mm. to help us display those relationships because it's not easy and it won't be easy mm. to to ensure that all of that has been completely translated across to the stage but I, i'm happy with the groundwork we've made on that to this point it's just um it is just where we where we push on from there now it's it's important that we get loads and loads of layers in there so that Hopefully, if somebody wants to come and see it five times, because that's how many times it's going on stage, then <laughs> then they'll see something really different. And they will see differences because, as you guys know, there are improvisation sections. There are sections that will not be, 100% will not be the same every night. And that's really exciting because it'll be as much mm. a surprise for me as it will be for anyone else. So, <laughs> um, and I like that. I like when Live Theatre has you on on the edge when you don't know what's coming even when you've seen it yeah so that's hopefully all gonna kind of start to layer in but it is a, it's a big challenge as as it is as it always is to make sure that emotions are translated to an audience so obviously you've mentioned a bit there that it's a very multi-layered piece in terms of its thematic basis but of course there is always a storyline so maybe could you give us a brief explanation obviously can't really reveal too many details because otherwise people have no reason to buy their tickets but um give us a brief rundown of what actually is this bare bone structure of fields of cupid yeah of course so i mean the bare bones ooh, uh, so we've kind of got <laughs> what, five so i'm just doing my maths now i've got to make sure i'm doing, telling the right information there are f six 
named characters. So you've got Eros, mm. and we're using Eros. I know the piece is called Fields of Cupid, but the character is called Eros. And in the program, that's what it will read. Um, who is the god of love. It, it was the god of love from ancient Greek stories. Uh, so there's him. There's Himeros, who is the god of desire. Is Eros' brother. Uh, they are both born of Aphrodite, who, as we all know, goddess of love. We all know that one from ancient, uh, from school, hopefully, from our ancient Greek studies. Um, <laughs> and then we've got Psyche, who is, she's a she's a human initially. And in the ancient stories, she was this incredibly beautiful creature who was so beautiful on earth that people stopped worshipping Aphrodite and they began to worship her. So much so that eventually she caught the attention of Eros, who takes her to the heavens, which we do we do use that element of the story that's in there. Um, and then we have their uh, child, Hedon, um, who is a product of uh, Eros and Sykes being together. And I've said, I know I said there were six at the start, but I think there are five. So we're going to go back <laughs> to my original number of five. Um, so there's those main characters. They are main characters because they drive our story. Um, however... The story is happens around them. They just kind of drive us along. So we're just depicting we're depicting Eros and Himeros's birth um, of Aphrodite. That's quite near the beginning. We see them discover their powers, um, see them how they can affect and react on the humans. We then see that part of the which is an ancient Greek myth um, where Psyche meets Eros and and Eros falls in love and takes her up to the skies, back to the heavens with him. Um, and then we divert away from stories that were there. So in this tale, his brother is not hes not an evil character. He just has a, he's the god of desire. So he has a slightly darker take on what the powers are. Um, and he was born to be that way. So he's more interested in kind of warping and twisting the humans to his will. So we see a bit of that. We see the depiction of of them having a child but then from that point Eros kind of falls under the influence of his brother um they return to earth where we see Eros is shown what these powers that the darker side of his powers because they have the same ability just how they choose to use it now the difference there is that Eros was never born or never made to be that way so it's kind of challenging that idea of who we are are we born the way we are do we become who we are and once Eros uses his powers in a way that he was never meant to, he was never, his personality, his soul, if you like, was never designed to do that. And then it becomes, a, he becomes addicted in a way, warped to this twisted side of, of his ability. And that is sends him down a dark, dark turn. And then the, the story kind of tapers down from there. So we see his eventual demise towards the end following this this broken mind but that's kind of the bare bones like I said I'm really interested in the what happens around that story but that is kind of what the structure we're working on from uh, on this occasion. How have you used the music to enhance the your storyline your choreography and there's there's a mixture of modern and classical pieces there so how did you come to the, those decisions? Uh, <laughs> ooh, um, music is always <laughs> a challenge it's always a challenge because mm, um absolutely. i don't yet i've never yet had the pleasure 
of having a a composer who composes what I want and and I can create with and that that would be quite standard practice in 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 the bigger national companies all over the world for how they build pieces now that obviously means that I have to do a lot of pre-work to curate the the music and uh, gather Mm. what I feel works how I feel it works it's always really important to me how the music comes across you guys will know that having worked over a few years now and when we do something like this it's it it is a challenge like you say there are kind of very classical you know pieces that hundreds of years old and then there are your very modern ones and it's how I link them that's the challenge really so with the angels it's about creating establishing power so that's the first thing I wanted to establish that these angels have got this strength to them regardless of if they're moving freely or within that neoclassical style they're zipping around the stage they have this power which is why the first piece is what it is and I'm not going to say what it is because people can come in and be no be shocked um but then it's so for instance you guys all know the the first piece without saying what it is has got an organ base to it Mm. so when I went this the hardest change from angel scene one to human scene one but I managed to find a more modern piece of organ music, effectively, which links the two because you link across the instruments. So yeah, that's when I have to hop back to my my GCSE music um, <laughs> <laughs> skills of of twelve years ago now to kind of link instruments as much as anything. So with the humans, it was about finding music, and you guys will see when you get the eventual picture of your entire journey. Um, it's finding music that goes from being perhaps plain in its structure mm. to being quite complex and multi-layered. Mm. And as the show goes on, the music gets more twisted and that's designed to depict the twisting of his mind. So the first kind of 30 minutes approximately before his any twisting of his mind happens, <laughs> all the music is quite, I'm not going to say it's just nice. It's It's always got that underlying elements of power or or flow but but the music is is at most has two or three layers to it at any one point and then as we move into that second half when that mind warps and it starts to twist and turn that's when the music starts to have those really multi-dimensional layers and we start having kind of crossover music and things like that it yeah it's a massive job to to curate the music i'm very i'm very happy with what i have managed to put together for this one um i think all the scenes the more i kind of have working and the deeper we get into it and the more ties i see when the i see something from the first half kind of reappear in the second half again no spoilers um (laughs) yeah it it all starts to fit together but it's it's always a massive challenge you know the only time Mm. it wasn't was when we did romeo and juliet and i just could take the original score that's already in place so yeah yeah but it is it is a massive challenge music and it, it always will be um i'm fortunate that my my dad is or was a musician or is I suppose always always will be um <laughs> so he we have very different ideas on what music is and that's very good because because he can challenge and he always educated me on the classical side of music because I grew up listening to classical music and I still listen to classical music and I would encourage anybody of any age to listen to it and not just because it's you know, good education or whatever, because it is genuinely that there's a reason that some of this music has been around for hundreds of years and it's still so 
beautiful to listen to now and it's it, so many people young people in particular I feel like I'm painting all with a with a bad brush but um <laughs> a lot of people are like oh classical music I don't like classical music well that's like saying I don't like one artist in one particular style because that's how diverse and and different classical music can be so I do encourage people to to, to listen to more classical music and discover all of this 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 great repertoire this massive repertoire of fantastic music that's out there and I certainly I always enjoy doing it when we when we get to when we get to shows and we get to new creations in particular because as much as anything I just get to listen to a load of lovely music and <laughs> you know 95% of the music probably more that I listen to doesn't end up in the show that's how much it kind of it takes a really long time you know the music school took me about eight months from start to finish maybe yeah of just like listening until I really felt like I'd found and I had different iterations you know scenes were on different bits of music and mm. and I took <laughs> things out and put something else in and and yeah and edited and mixed it together and layered it and warped some tracks to make them more more suitable you know add some echo transitions all that stuff this is all the stuff <laughs> that happens along alongside the choreographic dancing aspect of what yeah. I do when I create these shows <laughs> um it's really multifaceted but it, it's a great I love I love doing it I, I wouldn't change that for anything I do love curating the music and and putting it together and I love introducing it to these young dancers I think it's really good it's a massive part of of when they do these creations is that they discover all these new musical genres and styles and composers and they I, I hope when you you guys can probably answer this, maybe maybe I'll throw a question at you as you know, when I <laughs> when I put these pieces of music on and you're dancing to them and they're not, you know, your pop music or anything you might listen to or most people would listen to on a regular day and and you dance it and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this is making me feel things. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is this? <laughs> Truly. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So and that's that's a really great pleasure. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but I think it's a really nice just like maybe unidentified or added bonus of what what we do when we work with these kids mm. um and open that door to all the, this whole new world for them but but yeah no, music is yeah music is certainly one of my big loves so it's always it's always a pleasure to piece it all together that's for sure i think with the classical side of things i think speaking from my generation painting us all with the same brush <laughs> that it's often deemed a style of music that's not accessible. It's always deemed to be of a higher society that we're not a part of. And that's why I always find it really enjoyable to come in and um, experience these styles actually being used in a way that I can connect to through dance. Otherwise, I think naturally it's just not a style that's encouraged because it doesn't speak for us, if you get what I mean. I mean that in big quotations, by the way. It's never looked at anymore as well it's just seen as historic and I think that's where most of our generation tends to walk away from it and where ultimately people maybe disassociate themselves with what it's trying to communicate or the emotions it comes across with and you know I, I think it's especially important like what we do here at MKDT and what you're saying here with exposing the different genres and blending these different styles is ultimately showing that what we've been saying and what we say in the modern day has been said for a hundred years, just in different forms and in different styles. And 
it's making that link and making that bridge, which I think is, you know, a very important thing that we do. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've just said it in as far as these stories and things, they were told exactly the same. You think that the composers in the 1700s and 1800s, they felt differently to us. They didn't, you know, just because Adele writes a soppy, sad love song now, <laughs> you know, you compare it, you know, Tchaikovsky wrote some of the world's most beautiful love songs, you know, at a time in Russia when he was unable to love the person he loved because it was illegal. And he wrote some of the most tragic, you can hear it if you listen to it and you know that that was written for effectively what was a forbidden love. It's all there. You listen to it and you just hear it and you can hear the tragedy in it. And, and it's the same, like you said, it's the same human interaction storytelling through music and it's always been there you know mm. and it's just it is it is nice that people can just educate themselves that it's there really you know that that is they were the same you know <laughs> we're still struggling with the same things <laughs> now and 300 years later you know it's it's all there but yeah no exactly what you said really so just getting into I guess almost this theme of repeating history or what what is the the theme of humanity in in fields of cupid what does fields of cupid mean what is the greater meaning behind it i always like to ask this question when we do these productions but what is the greater meaning of fields of cupid i always <laughs> like to ask this question and i always have to take a deep breath um i think i mean for me the greater and i hope it will be really different for everyone i think that's possibly something that is within this piece is it, if this is what it is for me mm. but every audience member every cast member i think will will connect to it in different ways and at different moments in the story but for me the over the overarching thing within it is about human relations it's about intricacies it's about who we are and whether they're angel depicting an angel or a human it's all the same you know you can take this story and put it into a modern thing and you can look at oh the angels are maybe rich bankers in london and the humans are uh, impoverished people you know and the angels have the power and these people don't and how did these people toy with these people and just because they're toying with these people in with powers in our story it could so easily be they're chucking money at them or they're depriving them or things like this so for me it's much the piece is about more or a wider aspect than just eros psych love tragedy blah 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 uh it's much more about human interaction human relations and how intricate they all are how intricately woven being a human is you know we take it for granted but how much we think in a day how much how our emotions fuel us you know I'm a very personally I'm a very emotional person so I don't mean that I just sit and cry all day long I just mean that I, <laughs> I am and always have been emotionally led so I will lead from my heart and I always have done and always will do it and I won't apologize for it because it's who I am but there are people who are logical and logical thinkers and they will only do things once they've thought about it 20 times or 50 times mm. and that's that shows how intricate we are as people you know people who are struggling with different things and you know and I'm sure we have within our cast we have a lot of young young people and I'm sure within them there are people who are struggling with things in their everyday lives and I think this piece is it is a it's just kind of opening up that thing it's opening up a a wider look at 
at how all those intricacies are and and I I want to show the layers yes with showing it in like I say set in this ancient Greek-esque story that twists and turns I want them to see the layers of of a person being powerful in love you know having child you know seeing that relationship and then that crumbling of of a mind that can lead to elsewhere uh, leads to that tragedy mm. and a loss of power you know that's that's an off that's one shoot through but there's also others you know there's reverses of that and there's different kind of takes on that on how intricate that can be you know when you give the power to the humans for example um, you give them that ability and the angels pass their power what happens if you give money to the poor if you want to use that analogy you know what ha- what would happen mm. to society so um, would they rise up or would they crumble that kind of thing so yeah that that's the overarching and I'm sure and because of that nature every audience member that comes to see it I hope will connect to a different moment in the story perhaps where they are at that moment in their own lives or a moment when they can really relate to from their past or something they look at and they think I want that to be my future I don't want that to be my future um (laughs) that's that's the main the main thing in my head that I'm sure people will connect to it in different ways just to round it off what are you looking forward to about show week and finally getting this piece on stage probably too much to say in the remaining time of the podcast <laughs> I love show. I really love show weeks they're what I always grew up on they're what I know when I get to show week I always yes it's stressful but I always feel in control because that's where my experience is so I always I just know what to do <laughs> <laughs> that feels it's comforting <laughs> in a way um i love seeing you know this show week's actually great it's gonna be a bit different because it's in the half term so we have that little luxury of a bit more time at the theater usually i usually i spend days the days from like nine till four or five by myself or with callum or the occasional staff member and then <laughs> kids show up for the evening and it's like oh we've got to get this done we've got to get that done go 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 oh they're gone um so hopefully i'm really looking forward to seeing what the extra time will do for the piece i think it's going to help us just to breathe more life into it and then it's just you know for me it's always and this will sound so corny and cheesy but it's just (laughs) seeing it is seeing dancers step on to the stage and become who they're the best versions of themselves you know every time we go to a theater week and you know you'll kind of be looking at them in the rehearsal room and you'll think have they got it can they do it is it coming what's what's going to happen and then they step out on stage and it happens and you just go oh okay that's great like thank god <laughs> like, like they, they did god. it you know but you think and you think and it's thank god for for them it's thank god like they did it they achieved what they can you know they push themselves and and they've got what they deserve and and what they should have you know it's really exciting this time we've got yes we've got our some of our our old clan you know, our re- <laughs> oh, repeat goodness. dancers like yourselves old age and, pensioners and, and whatever you want to say. Um, i didn't say that um you know your, ha- your uh-huh. harry's and your amy's and georgia's and those kind of dancers yourselves who've, who've been with us emily cousins people like that who've been with us for a long time but they still you know they step out and they can still surprise me what they can do and then we've got some very exciting new ones as well you know who've stepped in and and shown us you know breathe new life into it and and it's Mm. very exciting to see what what they'll bring to the stage as well so and some younger dancers who are coming through and who are 
kind of emerging now you know people like uh, charlie bowen who you know he's he's been with us a little while and he's just hitting that age now where he's kind of expand you know expanding his abilities and expressing himself mm. more and mm. moving himself Absolutely. to the front of the room you know and stuff like that and that's lovely to see so it's all different I've got these people like I say I've got these people <laughs> that, that I've, I've known and I've worked with for a long time and they can surprise I've got these new ones and I've also got people we know but are now kind of stepping up and it's it, it mm. it's a lovely thing to watch you know kind of you guys will know I'm sat here like surrounded by all of our posters and <laughs> pictures and and um, you can see all the signatures and all the names from original Ro- Romeo all the way through. And um, it's just this, obviously, this like moving conveyor belt of all these children who've been part of what we do. And and um, yeah, the show weeks are always just a little kind of celebration, really, of what they've achieved and, and how far they've come. Some of them through all five productions, some of them just through the, the one. So, yeah, show mm. weeks, show weeks are, are fantastic. I do love, love being there, love being part of it and like I say hopefully this one will just be because we're going to have even more time hopefully it'll just be I don't want to say chilled but it'll just breathe <laughs> a little bit more possibility into what the week can bring and how how far mm. we can push the show because until yeah. you get it on stage you don't really know until you light it and you costume it and you you see everything in 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 order from distance mm. as well because studios yeah. are like here and they're right in front of my <laughs> face and I'm like oh does this look good does this formation work and we've never really had the opportunity when we step into the theatre to go, actually, it doesn't. This would be better. So I'm hoping that we'll have have some opportunities to do that this yeah. time. So it should be a really, really exciting week, to be honest. And I know we said that was the final question, but can we have a quick word to the development group who have been working very, very hard alongside us during this rehearsal? I'm sure they would appreciate a quick word just to say how you're thinking they're getting on and no, of course. What, you, I mean, what, what they've been doing. Yeah, the de- I mean, the development group was a, it's a new it's a little new initiative that we, we launched. And, and it was really just because. With with fields being a a seniors only senior always makes them sound really old <laughs> twelve and <laughs> overs only. Oh goodness, not a um, it was just very evident when we did an audition that there there's that little gap. You know, we have that little gap between when maybe dancers are are little fairies and they're kind of or they're you know children dancers and then they they mature and they become our senior cast and we realise there's just a little bit of a a hole in the middle maybe when they're going through yeah. that change we just wanted to be able to support it so yeah we launched that program and, and had fantastic uptake I think we've got 14 kids on it now and it's great you know they're doing really lovely work I think it's super beneficial there is nothing better than being in a studio with dancers who are more mature than you or older than you and have experience and being able to watch and learn there there and then not through videos mm. or through the through watching them on stage once you know being there week in week out watching how dedicated they are and how hard they have to work and what what is required to be a senior dancer they've been into lovely work in the classes and then getting creative as well with adaptations of the choreography and and yeah it's they're a really really lovely group and they're they're working very hard yeah it's, it's teaching us a lot as well you know we're we're still a young company and we're still developing our practice and developing what we can do and and help and you know our, our goal is always to to offer the the best we possibly can in dance training and education and I use education a lot and you guys will know I, I speak about dance education because I believe it's super important not just to to tell them 
do a plie, do a tonchu, but how and why and what's the practical use of it and where it comes from and, and where it will lead to. And that's really, really important. And I think that this development group will, will reap a lot of rewards and benefits down the line for them as dancers. I hope they'll they'll learn early. The earlier you can learn, the more time you have to implement and develop. So absolutely, they're, they're doing a fantastic, fantastic job. And hopefully long may it continue. Of course. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Owen. It's obviously been a pleasure as always. I hope you've enjoyed spilling all the information you can about fields anytime i don't don't mind a good chat you know that (laughs) just don't like listening to myself afterwards that's all (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we're always good to catch up with you guys obviously the tickets are available now so if you head on over to the website that is www.mkdancesa.com i'm reminding you a lot this episode to go and buy your tickets and it's because it's important it helps us do what we do it helps us keep on growing it helps us keep those generations (laughs) coming up and hopefully getting what is the best of the best of education and creating what is a very strong cohort of dancers for the future so yeah just just to piggyback on that a little bit just with the tickets um I would like everyone I'd like to thank everyone first who's who's supported us in the first four years that we've been running. It really does mean everything to us that people are willing to to spend their time and their money in coming to see these shows that it is just all about the kids and every audience member that gets into a seat and watch, we hope that you are affected and you see that and not only see what we're trying to stories we're trying to tell but you see the love and the dedication that these kids have for what they do and and it I can't I really can't stress how important it is to for people to come and watch and support us and and tell your friends and tell your family and anyone and everyone you can think of because every ticket that's sold goes towards the future of what we do it's not we we don't do this to make money who does if they're in the arts <laughs> we do it to support these kids and we want to support these kids for many many years to come and and the only way we can do that is if people continue to to watch these shows and i really really do we try we do everything we can to make the tickets as as low cost as possible as accessible as possible for people of all ages all walks of life our shows are for everyone they're not for the elite or they're not for for just arts general theater lovers they're they're for everyone that's that's how we design every show and we do everything we can for everyone to see it so please please i i i'm begging <laughs> now <laughs> for for the future of these kids not for my own benefits or anything like that for the future of these kids please get your tickets and come and watch them they're amazing they're fantastic at what they do they love it and all they want to do is perform for you so so please head over to that website and just just smash by on on any tickets that you think or buy them for family it's it's easter it's it's time of giving (laughs) so 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 hand them to everyone i i think i hope it will be a fantastic show for everyone to enjoy so please please do come and support support those young dancers They're, they're really fantastic at what they do So we're now moving over to Liv, who will be walking us through all sorts of Mm. costume and that visual design. So again, one more time. Thank you very much, Owen, for coming on. Thank you, Owen. We will be moving over to Liv. 
And hello back, Liv. It's good to have you back on. I don't know how many times you've been on now, but... Oh, it's good to be back. But yes, I feel like I have been on this show (laughs) a lot. I think you're like our most frequent guest ever. I think we have you on a lot. (laughs) I will happily take that title. You've been on every season. Every season. Every season. I think you've been on bar one. So I think that was the big... Oh no, you might have been on the beginning season. I'm not sure. Were you? You tell me. I think you must have been. I don't know. It's been so long. I can't remember. I know. (laughs) I'm impressed. Yeah. I mean, I think it was January of this year. This pod has been going for two years now. So... Yes. I got the notification on Instagram that it had been two years since we first released it and... I know. That's wild. It's congratulations, Poddy. Well, yeah. We must have like a like a third birthday party if that if it gets to that point. <laughs> Throw a cake. Definitely. Throw a cake? Oh, it's my my from re- re- <laughs> 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 This is carrying on from the other day when me and Fiona were recording the intro and I just couldn't get my words to piece together at all. I've put it down to the amount of suspensions we've been doing. Just my head being above or below. Oh, my word. Let's just move on. I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, to, this episode isn't just any normal into MKDT episode. This is into love. So we're getting all into the fields of Cupid. And no better than to get with our visual director here and really get into the visuals and the costumes that is fi- the world of fields of Cupid. So... I just wanted to ask initially, like, going into the Fields of Cupid, what were your initial thoughts? Oh, I'm going to be very honest. Fields of Cupid is, like, one of the wild cards for me. Mm. I usually have a really clear picture of what I know Owen is going to want, what I think the piece will look like, what kind of characters are in it. But because, obviously, this is such an original production from MKDT, I felt like I had, like, a clean palette a completely clean slate and it was kind of terrifying it still is kind of terrifying (laughs) like there's no expectation from audience members about what the story is going to look like so Mm. we can really go go wild with it so that's uh, a bit scary (laughs) i guess though in some ways it's got to give you a bit of freedom as well like there's no true pressure as to how certain things would look like i would not want to be on the costume team if i was doing something like romeo and juliet because obviously it's so Mm. particular and so it's so historic so i guess in some way it's giving you a bit more freedom absolutely yeah that is a very good point more freedom and also yeah there's no predetermined ideas about characters i mean i guess you have the uh stereotypical cupid mm. i can safely say we will not be diving into <laughs> harry wearing a nappy or anything like that like <laughs> that's definitely not the direction massive plus yeah, oh harry. yeah <laughs> harry's had some wild costumes i will not be adding nappy to his repertoire <laughs> Fun fact, though, i don't know why i know this but the actual like bit of greek mythology going into roman mythology lore here Mm. that cupid was only (laughs) turned into a baby because soldiers used to fear the the image of cupid being like this grown-up man because they feared the power of love so they turned them into a baby so it infantilized it and they didn't like the fact that obviously aphrodite was cupid's mom and they didn't like the idea that a woman was in control of so much power so they turned it into a baby like it was a whole thing it was just yeah because it cupid got younger and younger as the years went on 
Anyway, I'll stop being a nerd. Um, with the- <laughs> no, that is such a good point. Like, I've been looking into Aphrodite at the moment and the way that people are scared of her. Oh, yeah. Georgia's got oh, yeah. so much power. <laughs> but going into, like, um, the whole aesthetic of the show, I know you love a Pinterest mm. board. I know I see it pop up all the time in the staff chat, putting the mood board together. What was So what were your initial impressions of what the aesthetic of Fields of Cupid was going to be? So with Cupid, it is a bit like uh, the same start point as Pandora. So I've mm. got to create these two worlds. Mm. We've got the world of the humans and the world of the angels. Now, luckily, when you think of those two things... There is some obvious aesthetics that come to mind. So humans are obviously yeah. creatures of the earth. There's a lot of greenery. Owens had this fantastic idea of using uh, artificial grass on stage to mm-hmm. show the kind of zones, if you like, where the humans are from and where the angels are from. So from there, I've literally worked ground up, if you like, and thought, right, well, the humans need to have this aesthetic of literal earth yeah they need to look like they have been grown from the ground and then the angels need to be completely juxtaposed they need to look like they are made of (laughs) starlight and clouds you know what i mean so yeah so it is like really um two very strong starting points and i think the aesthetic i'm going for is like very godly in the angel sense like these new creatures I want them to look so separated from the humans so that they're all ethereal and higher than and Mm. these kind of almost alien-like beings. And then the humans to be grassy and green. (laughs) (laughs) Grounded. And I think that's really reflected in your movement Mm. as well. You two will know as humans that all of your movement is so grounded. So that Mm. theme of literally being from the ground, from the earth, is so strong for the humans so why not present it in your costume you know absolutely yeah how have you found your experience as an angel in the cast so far because you've mentioned that we're cast as humans mm-hmm. but live is within the angel cast i am i i'm not gonna lie it was really scary although i've been classically trained for a long time i find neoclassical to be a real challenge it starts obviously it has ballet roots Mm. and it has a lot of classical bass but it is just a whole new level of technique that I think pushes even the most highly trained dancer to their limits so the angel choreography is really hard um (laughs) (laughs) I I do struggle with it but I am really enjoying the challenge and it's so fantastic to be surrounded by so many dancers who I actually think feel the same it's nice to see that we're all in the challenge together and being pushed together as a group yeah it's really nice to be a part of that although I have to say I was really proud of myself so I mean you girls will know as you kind of go through your dance career I feel like sometimes it feels like your progress is kind of plateauing out a bit and you're not making the same steady progress that you used to obviously I'm not doing as many dance classes as I used to and so I feel like sometimes Sundays are a struggle right (laughs) (laughs) absolutely I usually wake up yeah right I usually wake up on a Monday morning and like oh hang on I'm actually really sore (laughs) I can feel the work yeah Yeah. yesterday that I didn't used to but I woke up this morning and felt actually a lot stronger so I am starting to see the progress that is being made for this production which is great 
yeah, I'm loving it. It's good. Do you think that obviously being part of the humans cast, not humans cast, angels cast, what am I going on about? I'm still doing it. I can't speak. Oh, well. What Has it helped you sort of inform the ways in which the costumes are going to be made? Has it um, given you any more inspo? Has it added anything on, taken anything away? Like, give us the details. Always, yeah. I've been, it's been a couple of times now where I've been lucky enough to be part of the design team and the cast and it is such an asset because this time for example uh me and Owen both kind of started on the same page that the angels need to have this kind of floaty feel almost like undertakers if you have seen that costume Mm. very flowy a lot of fabric and then as the choreography has been developed we've both noticed this use of their arms as their wings and how it would be a shame to cover that up with fabric Mm. you know the muscularity that is being used there so it is completely we've kind of 180 it and uh, <laughs> the flowiness is gone the less <laughs> there is, is more now, vibes <laughs> there is now less fabric and we want to show off the dancers arms and there's been something similar for the humans actually mm. obviously i'm also lucky enough to watch the humans rehearsals which is always a delight i love watching you guys and it's the same thing you are doing such lovely work with your arms and your legs and it's so physical that it is just would be a shame to hide that in a big baggy costume you know yeah so it always is such an interesting experience to watch the choreography develop and it definitely influences how the costume needs to look so can you give us any sort of direct details as to how the humans will look how the angels will look or is that still top secret and am i pushing the boat too far She's trying to get the inside scoop. Of course I am. <laughs> the deets. <laughs> oh, I'll give you some. I'll give you some. I'll be generous. Thank you. Um, Ooh. So with the humans, as I said, we are going to really work from the ground up. So I think the current plan, now it is still early days. No purchases have been made. <laughs> but currently I'm I'm looking to include, you know, actual fake foliage in your costume. So <gasps> use a base yeah use a base and actually attach things not only to your clothes but to your hair your body (laughs) see how we can actually make it look like you have been lying in a forest (laughs) and things have grown over you until these characters these angels come along and kind of bring you to life if you like Mm. yeah until that disturbance exactly exactly you'll know the scene i'm thinking of if you're listening and you don't know the scene you'll have to buy your tickets hey (laughs) (laughs) this is why she's a pot we bring her on a lot she she knows how to plug (laughs) she she does my job for me i don't have to do it anymore oh yeah absolutely and then like i said for the angels we are looking at bare arms Mm. oh um no sleeves we want to see their port de bras really exposed mm. sorry angels you're gonna have to work yeah <laughs> um and then i won't reveal too much about what we've got planned hair and makeup wise but it is Aww. definitely a direction that we haven't seen before for mkd i love seeing that i love seeing... <laughs> although i think because we're quite an early doors company anything that we do is unseen <laughs> Honestly, every time I come on here, I feel like I'm saying something is unseen. But actually, it's just because we're on our, what, sixth production? Yes. Yeah. So it's all it's all completely different every time. <laughs> all I could think about was when you were talking about the foliage, is just how we won't need to find a way to attach that to mine and Fiona's hair, because it will stick. <laughs> <laughs> just 
just shove it in it'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) i can just think like you won't need to put foliage in our hair because ours will just like scrape off the astroturf as it goes along (laughs) (laughs) please no i'm trying to figure out in my head how i'm we're gonna be like turning and sliding within this astroturf but that's a story for another day um for another day we'll work it you know what it will be so impressive on your CVs once you've done it, girls. So don't even worry about it. Danced on AstroTurf. <laughs> wow, that ticks a box. <laughs> yeah. So also we have to get into the main man himself, which is Cupid. Is there anything specific going on with his costume detailing? You know, can we get a bit more of an inside scoop on our leading man? Well, actually, uh, for once, we are trying to make uniformity... Is that a word? Mm. Yeah. Uniformness quite central for this piece. Usually, um, I try and make everyone look really individual, Mm. uh, create characters within the costume. But I feel like we have done that, and I want to go a different direction for this piece. And I think this piece is a really good opportunity for that because we have however many angels and however many humans and they need to look pretty identical to one another yeah mm. we don't have many significantly named characters within this piece Mm-mm. anymore so no. yeah, exactly interesting route to so even even those people who are named uh, are gonna be are gonna be in the same costume as the others mm. in their cast maybe elevated by extra makeup or or hair pieces this mm. this performance is definitely going to be reliant on its hair and makeup team oh. <laughs> maybe we need to drag on the hair and makeup team who is the hair and makeup oh, team absolutely yeah get tammy and jenna on the case oh <laughs> bless them <laughs> have to say it's not my strong point you have to get someone mm. else in for that one <laughs> yeah I, I feel that i love i love the hair and makeup part i just feel like for some reason you know like those revolution palettes you get with like the sparkly black eyeshadow mm. i've had to buy like five of those over the time i've been at mkdt for the amount of black eyeshadow that i've used <laughs> yeah. i just it's been insane but i love it i love the insane makeup i think some of my favorite costumes have come about because of the fact that there's been insane makeup with them like what I would do to strut about looking like Hephaestus every day, it would just be <laughs> like, I genuinely would do that. It's a power move and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's something that not everybody has access to mm. in local theatre. So it's just amazing that we have the opportunity to work with people who have such creative ideas for hair and makeup and mm. it really elevates the whole performance and the costume. So Absolutely. really grateful for that. Yeah, Definitely. Right, well, thank you very much, Liv, for coming on and filling us in. It's a pleasure. On all things costume. We will, obviously, we're talking to everybody on the team. So what I would like to, just as a final question, is to say, what are you looking forward to, to seeing on show week? Oh, to be honest, I'm really looking forward to hearing the soundtrack. Mm. I love the music for this production. Oh, it is to die for. Not only is there some, like, classic (laughs) pieces of music in this like proper classical bangers but there is some more modern contemporary music that you guys would have heard on sunday absolutely that is just gonna be so powerful in an auditorium i can't wait to see audience reaction to that piece um (laughs) and also the set i think for this production is gonna be wild plans that are in place for curtains Mm. now usually that sounds really boring but 
trust me (laughs) there are some wild things and I just can't wait to see it come together I can see it in my mind yeah Yeah. but it's always such a different experience when you see it in person absolutely yeah right well thank you very much again for coming on and now we'll be heading over to Jess to get a little bit more of an insight into everything that is choreo everything that is character and just adding on a little bit more insight into the world of contemporary in this piece so thank you very much Liv and we'll see you now Jess Thanks very much. You're in for a treat with Jess. Have a nice chat. (laughs) (laughs) So, as we just said, we are now here with the one and only Jess Yo. So, Jess. Hi. Tell me, how are you doing? How is the world of Jess going on currently? I'm doing great. I'm busy. I'm working. But I'm doing what I love. Been TAing, teaching. We've got our MKDT mini intensive moment coming up soon Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm feeling like there's a lot of momentum behind me at the moment. (laughs) I love that I love to hear that especially during this time in the rehearsal process when it can almost get a bit like not another Sunday it's good to hear that Mm. you're 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 pushing on and you're feeling good so obviously this is into love so what what was your role coming into Fields of Cupid And what were you expecting to get your hands into? So I have kind of a split role. I'm running two parallel lives (laughs) with this production (laughs) because I am, first of all, assistant choreographing, rehearsal directing the Mm -hmm. humans. Yeah. So that involves me teaching contemporary class, um, running the DGs, the development group alongside. Of course. And then working with Owen to sculpt the choreo and the story for the humans using the contemporary movement vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And then I'm actually dancing as an angel as well this time. Yeah, because I felt like I was missing the neoclassical really. Mm. And it's something I don't really get any of on my degree because it's so MKDT specific. (laughs) Like, I've never found the neoclassical style anywhere but MKDT. It's quite niche. Like, (laughs) it's very niche and it's a unique selling point. So if you want to experience neoclassical, (laughs) come here. Yeah, come visit MKDT. Um, Exactly. Because, I mean, we have ballet, we have contemporary, we have such a range of styles at LCDS. But I was like, I need a bit of neoclassical in my life. So I'm dancing as an angel in the morning or the afternoon and then putting on my rehearsal director hat <laughs> and switching on over yeah because it must be like a good break to obviously get your hands into like a character when I presume at college you're doing quite a lot of drills it's quite a lot of set work I mean I could be completely wrong but yeah it's a real mix because I feel like sometimes at uni we're on our own track mm. and you're sort of managing your own personal pathway because they encourage us to be so reflective and like take what you want from each style choose what you want to take away from ballet choose what to leave in contemporary choose what to take from popping and things like that so it's really refreshing actually to come into the angels and be part of like a body of dancers where we're creating like an overall image and like carrying a story as well is something that I really love yeah and just embodying 
a piece of music to like communicate a story mm. is one of the main reasons why I dance. Of course. So it's so nice just to do that with such an amazing group of people as well. And like, how are, how are you finding just the angel rehearsals in particular? Is it as intense as you thought it was a, it was going to be? Is it giving you everything that you were hoping for when you were searching for some more neoclassical? How are we finding it? Yeah, it's been really interesting actually because I took a break from the neoclassical style just when I moved away to go to uni and coming back to it I feel like I've approached it with such a new and fresh like approach or like set of eyes yeah and I think like having experienced a lot of different teachers a lot of different styles of contemporary even like the hip-hop foundations Mm. I'm finding things in neoclassical that's like oh like (laughs) this feeling in my back is like the level of tension I need in my muscles in popping. So like before, when I knew neoclassical as coming from ballet, I looked at it in a certain way, but now I'm approaching it as more from contemporary. Mm. It's like, um, it's like a whole new style, a whole new world. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. We love to hear the freshness, the newness. Not that your role as a, a choreographer is new because you've um choreographed alongside Owen for quite a few MKDC productions now mm-hmm. but how has working with the humans been different for you I think there's a lot of focus on the movement this time mm. and like really really deep diving into the groundedness especially I think mm. it all comes together with the set with the humans being like constrained or um, their parameters are set by the astroturf. Yeah. So we've really discussed yeah. that they are like creatures of the earth. So it's been like, how do we really extract that groundedness to show that they're not just humans because they're on the astroturf, they're humans because they look like they're made of the earth and the yeah. elements. So I think really just deep diving into that and giving the humans such a good amount of time to explore that as well. Mm. And, like, breaking down things in so much detail. Like, Danny, I know you love a backwards roll. Oh, they're my face. <laughs> they're my face. Yikes. <laughs> but you've got it now. You've got it down. Knees oh, past the God. nose and all that jazz. I think my uh, talents when it comes to backwards rolls end there. I don't think it can. <laughs> all you need is a backwards roll in your back pocket so that when Owen says backwards roll, you're like, okay, fine, moving on. It's all about just expanding your <laughs> repertoire. It kind of leads on to quite a good question actually about um the technical training when it comes to mkdt during fields of cupid and how like how are you how do you find that this bout of rehearsals has pushed the technical training at mkdt like when we're taking a deeper dive in contemporary or into neoclassical do you do you think it's significantly harder than what we've produced before in terms of what you guys are delivering or is it just different I don't think it's necessarily harder, but I think we're challenging you guys to think about it in a different way Mm. and really assess, like, what are the key foundations of the style? Mm. Like, what makes contemporary contemporary? What makes neoclassical different to that? Mm. And giving the time for, like, discussion, yet exploration as well. Like, in my classes, I've tried to bring in some more improvisational tools. Yeah. And I know we've played with that a bit in the yeah past rehearsals so it's not necessarily harder but I feel like it's more challenging mm. challenging the way that you look at technique taking it away from just being like a warm-up yeah 
so rather than doing class for cardio we'll do class to really yeah. like tune into our bodies tune into the style and then we get on with the rehearsals mm. where would you say your inspiration has mainly come from for the choreography or is it lots of different sources because obviously the the set is quite <laughs> oh yeah unique in terms of what we visited before is that uh, something that's influenced how you've looked at it this time? Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting because Owen and I have been working together. Mm. So it's that sort yeah. of, you don't often have to look too deep within yourself to find inspiration because we bounce off each other so well. Mm. Um, but I think if I had to draw external reference points as quite um, a Hoffer Schechter influence. Absolutely. Love. Because um, Owen's been training in the Romberg grades and one of their performance strands is you can either do Alessandra Soutin or Hoffer Schechter. Love a bit of Hoffer. Um, so it's, <laughs> yeah, love a bit of Hoffer. Yeah. So it's that sort of grounded nature, a little more animalistic than maybe you guys are used yeah, to. Yeah, definitely. And then away from dance, inspiration, like I said, being the set and the earth. Yeah. And groundedness and weightedness. Yeah. So when we're coming into rehearsal and just over the process, what are you, what have you been quite excited to get into and what are you excited to create choreographically in terms of obviously the human strand? Yeah, I find so much joy in partner work. Mm. I really love depending on someone else and having someone else depend on me. So personally, yeah, building those duets and like contact moments and finding new lifts and I enjoy just being like, hang on, I'm just going to lift you up. Are you OK if I lift you up? And then they're <laughs> like, yep. And then I'm like, OK, send your legs over my shoulder. And that sort of like yeah. play yeah. is so joyful for me. Uh, I think after last Sunday, or I'm not sure when this will be because of time of recording. Of course. But I was so excited about the penultimate human scene that we Absolutely. built. It was it was snaz. It was real yeah. snaz. We did enjoy it a lot. Yes, It was amazing. I felt like the drama of the music. I mean, I don't want to give away any spoilers. (laughs) Um, You'll have to come and see for yourselves. But we used. Are we getting another ticket promo? Because Liv did like (laughs) my job. She's like, if we buy your tickets, slid it in there. Just saying, they're on sale. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I just loved seeing all the humans. I feel like really full-bodied, eating up the space, Mm. throwing themselves into it. And everyone was just exhausted by the end of the rehearsal. But oh, for like, real. I could feel the endorphins. Yes. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yes, the amount of adrenaline running through me. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, I was I was so nervous about this choreography to begin with because it was so fast-paced. But once you caught up with it, it was so great to just throw yourself into it. Yeah, and it felt like yeah. such a creative space to be in because we had all of the development group lined up at the front we were sharing in groups Owen was going with group one I was going with group two and then Owen would be with group three so everyone was like involved so you've mentioned there obviously the development group yes and I wanted to give I wanted to open the floor here what how how have you found working with them over the process so far and do you have any words that you can maybe say to the group if they're listening about how they're getting on? I think it's really important that there's a sense of progression within the company. Yeah. Um, and for people being able to see where they can go and what they can aspire to, because it's not a hierarchy, but it's a pathway. Absolutely. 
where can you steer yourself if you want to like they can see options with the technique class it's been a challenge as a teacher to really distill like definitely what are the key elements that everyone in this room can share about the style yeah um because there's a lot of range of ages and abilities but what i've been really enjoying is watching the seniors teach the development group things and watching the development group teach the seniors yeah i find mm. the development group have such a freedom when they move on especially when they improvise absolutely there's like absolutely no inhibitions no expectations and I feel like that nurtures a really brave environment for all the seniors as well to jump into that when there might be a few more hesitations definitely um yeah and it's just so lovely to see the seniors as well passing down little nuggets of wisdom nuggets of encouragement yeah yeah and I think with the rehearsal It's also helped me having the development group in there because it helps me sort of narrow down what are we trying to say with this scene? Mm. If we had to say Mm. this scene using like simple vocabulary, what would it be? And in that way, it helps with the storytelling. Definitely. And not getting too caught up in the aesthetics of it all. Mm. Yeah. So if you're listening to development groups, you're doing amazingly, but you're also inspiring everyone around you. 100% agree with that. I find it is such a positive start to the day, whether they're in my classes or I'm seeing them working with the angels in neoclassical. Their participation and enthusiasm, is you can feed off of it as a group. It's so Absolutely. wonderful. Yeah. I think just the fields of Cupid production in general could almost have that sort of metaphor. I think I think that this time round, it's definitely a production of lessons. Yeah. It's many lessons learnt. And, you know, I I have definitely walked away thinking that every time I've walked into the rehearsal space, I've come out with learning something I never really thought was going to be a part of my contemporary lesson, but <laughs> it like lessons in resilience and lessons in just being able, like when I come towards a hurdle, how do I get over that without resorting to means of just being frustrated how do I respond to that and I feel like everybody's sort of taken those lessons in some way I hope I hope it's not just me learning yeah, how to not get frustrated at not being able to do a backwards roll like <laughs> honestly but like that's what I hope to nurture as a teacher as well because dance gives you so much that exists outside of the studio walls mm. like life skills are developed ways of communicating like you said resilience so much more than the backwards roll <laughs> just every time I go over I just think resilience Danielle resilience you got it (laughs) this is teaching me something about myself (laughs) (laughs) my backwards roll is my emotional journey I just take one every time I go over (laughs) if you can overcome the backwards roll you can overcome anything absolutely you know what they say (laughs) so just as like a final wrap up to um what has been a, a very very knowledgeable conversation about Fields of Cupid other than just obviously the different styles choreographically how would you describe maybe the similarities and differences in the movement between the humans and the angels that's a really tricky question actually differences are in where you place your center of gravity like angels are pulled up angels exist on like a medium to high level whereas humans is like this sense of drop to like your center of gravity is low and you're sharing like the mid-level and the low level 
Mm. But I think what the angels and the humans do share is this sense of like full bodiedness. Yeah. There's nothing half about any of it. It's muscular, it's physical, it's taking up space. And I think that's why I'm finding so much joy in being a part of both strands. So thank you very much, Jess, for coming on once again to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I I always enjoy getting the uh, staff team back on because it's always a very um, learned experience, I like to think, if I want to be posh about it. If I want to be not posh about it, I learn a lot. Inspiring input, as always. So just as a sort of final wrap-up, and I've, I've been asking everybody that's coming on this, what are you excited to see on show week? Ooh, I have to say, like, the warm-ups. They... Ah! The warm-ups. <laughs> the warm-ups, they bring me so much joy. The collectivity... Collectivity, is that a word? We'll Collective energy... Yeah. The squats. <laughs> the thigh <laughs> burns. <laughs> Sorry, Liv Martin, I did listen to your episode. Olivia is <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh my God. I won't make her do double, though. Yeah, no, the collective no. energy and the way that it really does prep you for a performance. It really works. Definitely. It gets us connected as a group, yeah. Tried and tested, here we are. I really, do you know what? I really hope we get to do a little bit of second show mindfulness that we did last time as well where that we just was hilarious if that <laughs> like, was... What, what music cut out and it just went to <laughs> it was so peaceful i was doing like a guided meditation and it was to some tranquil piano playlist you know or the something. classic yeah the classics and we were grounding ourselves we were feeling our body full body scan and then the music cut out and Bom 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 by Sam and the Womp <laughs> It was intense. Like, okay, that's jogging. Uh, let's go. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> oh, bless. But that will go down in history. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, again, thank you very much for coming on. And, of course, Jess did mention that their tickets are available on the website. And that is www.mkdancethistory.com. But I'm sure I will repeat myself when we hand back over to myself and Fiona at the end of this episode, live again, where you'll see our faces. So thank you very much, Jess, for coming on and we'll see you now. Thank you so much. See you. Thank you so much to our guests that have come on. That was a lot of information. Yes. (laughs) And hopefully we've been able to give you a much greater insight into what is the field of Cupid. Because we can say, buy your tickets here, come to our production that. But if you actually don't know what we're going on about, that's not going to help, is it? Yeah. So hopefully today we've given you a much greater insight. I've certainly learned a lot. Especially into the beginnings of the foundations of what we are really working on here. Yeah. So with that being said, this brings it to a close. This is Into Love Part 1. Ooh. I know, okay, we've got, <laughs> we've got some very, very exciting stuff coming up for show week. I'm very, very excited to get even deeper into the world of the Fields of Cupid. But with that being said, make sure that in the meantime, you follow us on all of our platforms so that you never miss uh, Fields of Cupid, little tidbit yeah. of information or any uploads that we do about MKDT in general. Yeah. Obviously, we keep you guys entertained, so why not give us a little subscribe down below or hit that notification bell or even make sure that you follow us on Spotify or anywhere that you listen to us if you're still listening so that you can download us straight to your phone, hot off the press, make <laughs> sure that you miss absolutely nothing. So, MK, at MK Dance Theatre on all our platforms such as Facebook, 
Instagram, TikTok. Absolutely. And that is where you can send any of our feedback. Obviously, yeah. we love a bit of feedback. We love to know what you guys are thinking. If there's anything you want us to talk about, mm. even if it is just something really, really random, of course, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. yeah. And we'd love to hear your critiques as well. And if you've mm. got anything that you want to say, or even if it's just to say, well done, guys, you're doing great. Like, <laughs> we'll have that. We'll take that. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Definitely. So make sure that you reach out on all of those platforms. And of course, it can't be an interlove episode without saying, buy your tickets. Yeah. The tickets are available. They have been available now for quite a while, but you can still make sure that you get one of those prime seats at yeah. the MK venue. And the tickets are available at www.mkdancetheatre.com. Absolutely. With three W's. <laughs> three. <laughs> oh my gosh, three is a W. Ah! Oh, oh, this is so exciting. Ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, that website is where you'll find, um, yeah, all things MKTT, alumni, yeah. gallery, all things from past shows, and most importantly, as of right now, Bills of keeper tickets. Absolutely. Come 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 see our faces. Um and we'd love to see you. We'd love to I'd love for somebody who is completely not related to MKDT at oh, all at yeah. the moment to come in and go, Is Danny and Fiona? Ah! <laughs> I would absolutely Us come out um yeah. into the into the front front of house after a performance. <laughs> but with that being said, we really do hope you've enjoyed this episode and in the meantime, bye! bye!